So guys, thank you so much for joining me again today. So today I can be honest, can I be honest with you guys? I actually sort of hesitated making this video because um, honestly, I just thought it was a little bit taboo. So I made when I released last week's episode, um, which was about etiquette and charm, which was awesome, had a lot of fun recording it. And I'm so grateful for all of our special guests that came in. And if you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and check out that episode. It's worth it. You're going to learn so much. I didn't even know there was a difference between a purse, a clutch and well, obviously a purse and a clutch. I knew the difference, but anyway, we just there were so many gems and nuggets in that. So be sure to go ahead and check out that episode. Um, of last week of a modern etiquette but this week uh, when I posted about that last week I kind of made the comment that I really wanted to talk about pulling back the sheets especially for sensual women and it's not sensual women spiritual women and Christian women who um, I think are this kind of a taboo subject like we don't really talk about sex we don't really talk about sensuality when it comes to the church the only thing that we really hear is that the bed of marriage is undefiled so you can do whatever you want when you're in marriage and we learn you know don't have a Jezebel spirit (laughs) and we learn you know keep your legs closed pretty much and that's kind of the beginning and the end of it but I know that throughout my journey of womanhood and as I step into an elevation of queendom there have been teachers, spiritual teachers that God has put in my life over the years that have really helped me grow and really helped me understand how to evolve as a woman and how to step more into my power and utilize more of my femininity. And really, honestly, when I look back on it, these women came into my life to teach me how to be a healer. And it's so funny because I never put this together before, but my grandmothers were both entrepreneurs, which is I had to realize this a couple years ago and it helped me understand like that's why I'm kind of entrepreneurial because it really is in my DNA but both of my grandmothers um, one of them still alive one of them passed but they were entrepreneurs and one of them is in the medical field the other one was a beautician and if you think about it like the beauty shop was a place where black women came together it was it was a sacred circle it was that sisterhood time to talk about whatever get advice and it was therapy for folks and my other grandmother who is in medical her hands literally heal people she's literally in the healing business just like a beautician is sort of in the healing business and like the therapy business so it's kind of funny to me that I feel that I've inherited a lot that my parents worked in nonprofit work my parents um, did like counseling for fathers and for mothers so they can teach them how to be great co-parents and for the sake of the children so like when I really think about my heritage and I think about my legacy my family we've been in the healing business and we've been light workers and we've been in the healing business for generations whether it was beauticians um, medical people in the medical profession or whether we were counselors my family has we are a family of healers, uh, counselors, therapists in our own way. And so when I think about that, um, I just feel like I have such a rich inheritance and the inheritance. And then when I think about the different people that God has brought into my life over the years, um, it's like he's just kind of added on top of that. And this episode really helped me kind of reflect on those things 
And I'm so excited to share with you ways to really step into your sensuality, especially for us that are believers that love Jesus. Okay. Like I keep telling y'all, I don't want this podcast to be super churchy because, you know, I talk about all kinds of things in this podcast. Like sometimes it's more on the spiritual side. Sometimes it's more on the churchy side. I know people feel weird about talking about chakras in the church and stuff like that. I may go ahead and talk about chakras. I may talk about your third eye. I may talk about different things in meditation. I may talk about, I may mention how Capricorn here or there, Leo, whatever, like, you know, so I sort of go in and out of some things and I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for the people that are attracted to this, who aren't intimidated by that. Um, and we're going to get into some of the, like some of those things that may make people feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I promise like, if you stick with me, we're going to get through it. Okay. Like it's not going to be wild or crazy or whatever. Um, it all has a point and it all kind of comes back to the same foundational truths, which is a God truth. So anyway, um, yeah, this is kind of like a taboo thing in the church. And I think that, You know, especially today in particular, there's been so much going viral on the Internet about a particular relationship coach and their infidelity and their wife. And people are saying all kind of stuff. And I did see it. I I didn't see it. I saw it. And this is not a new narrative. You know, there are people who are in elevated positions, you know, in, in leadership and culture. And when something like infidelity happens, for example, People are really hurt by it because there's so much in our culture that's looking for successful love and we're looking for successful marriages and we're looking for marriages that don't have infidelity and we're looking for people who are doing it successfully. And there are tons of people that are doing it successfully. But unfortunately, you know, the enemy being the prince of the airways, um, the negative message always seems to rise higher. Even when you're a public figure, it's like the hater aid and the hateration somehow seems to kind of rise above the impact that you're making. And I don't claim that for myself, but I've seen other people in the world, you know, feel like I don't read comments or people clapping back on me or whatever. And that's just the prince of the air. So right now I just, I'm gonna go there in the spirit. I rebuke the prince of the air right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you and you have no place here. So you and your demonic spirits and evil forces can go ahead and pack right now because the Bible says, touch not my anointed and I am the anointed of Jesus Christ. I'm joint heirs with Christ and you have no power here in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So (laughs) now that we got that out of the way, I can tell you though that, you know, I hear people say that I work in the media. I, I get it. And so it's um, sometimes it it feels like that voice is the loudest voice, but it's not true. You just have to learn to take every thought captive and understand who is the prince of the airways. But you also have to understand the enemy is defeated. Okay, so there's no power that he actually holds. (laughs) Hallelujah. That gives me joy every time I think about it. So um, (laughs) I'm saying all that to say that um, you good. All right. You good. And there are so many relationships and marriages that are very successful and that are very happy and that do not have infidelity and that are making it and and overcoming and weathering storms and coming out stronger but you have to turn your attention towards those things you have to focus on those things like i i i mean i there's a part of me that wants to hesitate from saying particular couples names but there are they're out there okay so i'm not going to say their names but there are many couples out there 
that aren't in the public eye, but they are famous people. And then there's even more that aren't famous at all that are in your everyday neighborhood where people have been together for years and they're having wonderful, successful marriages. But, you know, for whatever reason, people's attention is turned to the negative. So anyway, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. But I want y'all to know that, yes, I saw what's happening. OK, and what's kind of blowing up. And, you know, people are all in their feelings and their emotions about it. And everybody has an opinion about it. But I already knew I wanted to do this episode of talking about sensuality and being in touch with yourself and being in touch with your body as a woman and how important that is. And I think now that this moment has kind of happened virally, it's even more important to talk about that today because especially for us Christian women, we got to pull back the sheets, bruh. I might get a little gully in this video because I love us. I'm one of us. My father is a preacher. I'm a preacher's daughter. You know, I, I grew up a PK kid and it's crazy because I, I probably was the most buttoned up. Like I was the kind of kid growing up where, you know, ushers would come up to me and be like, a lady crosses her legs. A lady doesn't sit like that. A lady doesn't have, you know, tattered nail polish. Like her nails are always together. And I'm like eight years old. Okay. So I grew up with that spotlight on my family because my father had a certain position in the church. So I understand that. And I understand that mantle and that pressure and all that stuff. And, um, you know, there is a reputation about preachers kids that they rebel and do all this crazy stuff. And when I tell you the things I've done, maybe you'll feel that way, but I'm grateful even though I'm not, but I'm grateful that I've gone through the different lessons that I have because it's almost like God was graduating me to really help me get to this place where I really just don't care anymore. Like, I love the definition from this woman, Debrina Jackson Gandy, and I highly recommend that you purchase her books for those of you who love when I share different resources. Look up Debrina Jackson Gandy, Gandy, Debrina, D E B R E. N-A, Debrina, I believe, Jackson Gandy. And she has two books that are great. One of them is called The Love Lies, but that's not what I'm going to reference in this book, but that's a fabulous book. You should totally read it, especially for those who are dating. And if you're in marriage, actually, married, divorce, dating, The Love Lies, you need to get it because it's groundbreaking and it will change your mindset about relationships. But what I'm going to refer to in this podcast is actually her book, Sacred Pampering Principles, which is Fabulous, And uh, also Queen Afua has a book called um, Sacred Womb. I think it's the Sacred Womb Healing. I'm blanking on the book right now. But that's it. I haven't personally read that book, but I've been a part of book clubs where they've read that book, even though I didn't read it. I know that's bad, but it's true. <laughs> and uh, some of the things she talks about in that book are similar to Sacred Pampering Principles. But my first introduction was through Debrina's book. Anyway, before I go all deep, let me back up because I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, let me let me come back to myself. All right, so women, us women in the church, like we really need to pull back the sheets because I, of all people, understand being buttoned up. And understanding that, oh, we can't move like this. We can't dance like this. We can't talk like this. We can't do this. We have to be presentable. We have to follow protocol. And because I have been so attracted to foreign cultures and travel, my eyes have been opened so much. And there have been these amazing women that God has brought into my life as elders and as mother figures that have helped graduate me and and grow me up in the areas of sensuality. And as women of faith, we understand that 
love is not necessarily superficial. But I was literally just telling my mom this the other day that the Bible says for women to respect their husbands and for husbands to love their wives like Christ loved the church in so much that he gave his life for her. That men are meant to wash their wives with the word. They're meant to lay their lives down for their for their bride, for their wife. And they're meant to love their wife as Christ loved the church, that he gave his own life for her. It doesn't necessarily ask for wives to love their husbands. It asks for wives to respect their husbands. So that is a sign to me that men need to be respected and respect to men is love. And love to us is you laying down your life for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's you laying down your life for me. And for you, it for men, and there are men watching this, for y'all, it's probably, well, the Bible says it's respect. It's us respecting you and you feeling that respect from us that we, you know, have those eyes of like, wow, you're awesome. You're incredible. And I respect you. I respect who you are as a man. I respect who you are as a provider. I respect who you are as a protector. I honor you. I cherish your headship over this household. I cherish your decision making, right? And um, there's another scripture, Genesis 3.16, that says when God was giving out the curses to Adam and Eve, he told Eve that your desire will be to control your husband. And um, when you really break down that, it's the, 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 the word desire. Well, it doesn't say control. It said your desire will be for your husband. And the word desire, when you break that down, it's the same desire that when God was talking to Cain and Abel and he told Cain to be careful because sin desired him, like sin was at his doorstep. It desired him. So if you break down that word in the original language, it pretty much means that it wants to possess you. It want, It's coming after you. It's encroaching upon you. It's trying to overtake you. And so uh, we have to be mindful as women. Number one, we're redeemed from the curse. OK, so we don't have to operate under that. We're not destined to that. We're we're not doomed to that. Jesus died. He was the second Adam. Okay. When he rose with all power in his hands, there is victory. You don't have to live under that curse anymore. Okay. Hallelujah. But we have to understand that the old nature, our old nature, the old sinful nature, the original sin was, or the original curse for sinning was, and not obeying God was that we would desire to like encroach on our husband. And I see that as like, his decision making, his um, his mantle, you know, OK, please bear with me because I know some of y'all are going to be like, OK, here we go. You know, I don't I'm not saying to blindly follow anybody off a cliff. OK, we're intelligent people and we can do that. Come on now, let's have some intelligence here. But I do believe that when Adam and Eve sinned, there is no mention in Genesis that God said, hey, Eve, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> um, there, all that says, all that said is that God said, hey, Adam, where are you? Because Adam was held responsible for the both of them. And now Eve had her consequence, okay? It's not that God didn't have consequences for her. There were consequences for her actions. But the weight, the heavier burden of all of that fell on man, fell on Adam, because ultimately he is responsible. And look, I'm happy about that. Now, again, I'm not going to just be following anybody out here, but um, I love the idea. I understand that God is a God of order. OK, and that's all I'm going to say. God is a God of order. And we can clearly see when you study things that there is order. And 
I can respect somebody who understands that he is operating in in that order and that it is his job to carry the brunt of that and that I am let's say I don't necessarily like the word weaker vessel even though that is the scripture but let's I like fragile okay I'm more I'm more fragile okay and so yes I 100% want to lean on your strength and your direction and your leadership and maybe we actually partner together because it says to submit one to another so maybe we partner together submitting one to another in terms of how we make decisions for our life right but I also was telling my mom the other day that I'm going on a tangent I'm gonna come back to sensuality okay but I was telling my mother the other day that I really believe that women are so empowered today, which I love, and I'm an empowered woman. I have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. I'm a woman in business. I own a business. I'm an entrepreneur, all that stuff. You know, however, I've always, and even in high school, I used to tell my principals this, like, who was I? But I used to tell my principals, like, it's important to establish a male voice. Like, I don't ever want to do life without men. I don't ever, like... I, I don't ever want to do life without men. You know, I, I enjoy their perspective. I enjoy that they are wired and created the way that they're created. And I am designed to be a complement to that. And they are designed to complement me. We don't need to be exactly alike. We don't need to. I don't need to be. I don't have any desire to be a man. I just don't. So I, um, I respect the mantle that is placed on them. And I have made a conscious decision to fully be in the feminine. And again, it doesn't mean that I don't have masculine energy, but it means that I respect what man got going on. Okay. And that also means respecting his decisions. And I think especially for men of color that live in a world where I don't know why all this is coming out right now. We're supposed to be talking about sensuality, (laughs) but especially right now, you know, where we live in a world where there is oppression we can't act like it doesn't exist we know that it does exist and all men of color whether you're latino asian african-american african whatever you know if you're not a white man in america you experience some stuff and even if you are a white man if you're a jewish white man or irish white man we know historically italian white man we know historically that they experience backlash in this country and in the world in some respects and so if you're a person of color Um, living and working in this world especially as a man there is an agenda to fight you to make you feel like you're less than and I don't want my the man in my the men in my life whether my father my brother whomever I don't want them to feel like they have when they come home they have to also fight that within their home with me you know so I made a conscious decision this year to be a woman that really respects headship and again I'm not saying that I'm someone that's going to just sign up to just, hey, yeah, yes, sir, whatever you say, yes, sir, whatever you say, like, that's not, that's not me, okay, at all, but I did make a conscious decision to um, respect headship and to um, shut up and listen, (laughs) to be honest, and understand that even if I don't agree, I can respect your perspective, Like I can shut up and I can listen to you. And even if I don't agree, okay, that's your perspective and that's how you see it. And you are created to see it your way. And I was created to see it my way. Now, you know, between us ladies, sometimes I do feel like we're typically right. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I do feel like we typically have a very strong discernment about things, but that doesn't 
there's a pick your battles. That's all I'm gonna say. Pick your battles and understand that there is a innate desire, the old woman, the curse of the old woman. When you become a new creation in Christ, you're therefore new. You're not under that law, but under the old law, there is a desire for the Bible says that you will desire your husband. Your desire will be for your husband. Um, and again, when you break down that word desire, it means something different than just like, oh, I want him. It means something different. And I think that unfortunately there are a lot of women that are operating under that energy today. Like, you know, if you really stop and think about it, you may have been trying to control that person in your life. And, and that's a sin. We don't need to be, we don't need to be under that. There's room for all of us. That's a nice way to say it. There's room for all of our perspectives. It doesn't mean that even when you have an argument that I'm right or you're wrong or whatever, it, why can't it just be that, okay, that's the way you see it and this is the way that I see it and I can respect you enough that that's your perspective and I appreciate that. Thank you for bringing me your perspective. It's different than my own and that's what I love about you, that you see things differently, period. Okay, so woo, I guess I had to get that out. Um, let's go back to sensuality. So with all that being said, um, even, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. There was a point. So even in the beginning in Genesis, when God presented Eve to Adam, he said, whoa, look at you. God damn, you fine, you fine, you hot and you fine. Okay. And you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He was amazed. Okay. And she was presented to him. And so I'm saying all this to say that I really believe today for women of my generation in particular, we're missing it a little bit. We are so empowered, which is awesome. And we going out here and we bosses, okay? We own houses, we got land, we got businesses, we multimillionaires, we doing the thing. And I'm proud as hell of us, okay? Especially if I think about the generations that came before me. Well, I've had entrepreneurial women in my family for a long time, but those my grandmothers made really big decisions you know they didn't just stay home and cook pies or whatever they went out and made a life for themselves and for their families and so I respect that but I do think that it came at some cost and so I think today um yeah I I want I want us who want to be in relationship and who want to be, I want us to have successful marriages. That's really what it boils down to. And I think there has to be a greater appreciation for the ways that we are innately made. If you're a man that's in the masculine and you enjoy being in the masculine and that's your home, that's like, you feel like I'm a warrior. Yeah, right. Boo. Yes. I'm clapping. Do that thing. I want you to do it. And for us women who are working so hard and we feel like we got to go get these degrees and we feel like we got to go get all this education and we got to go have all these amazing jobs and we got to climb the ladder. And that's awesome if that's what fires you up and lights you up every day. But if you're the type of woman that's feeling strained from that and stressed from that, or if you are the type of woman, I knew a girl in high school who literally, she was so smart, so much smarter than me. She used to ace everything. And she always told, told me, I just want to be a housewife. I just want to be a trophy wife. And I could never understand. That. I was like, why the heck would you just want to, you're hella smart. Like you need to be the president. And she was like, no, I just want to get married and have a bunch of kids and be a trophy wife. And, um, that used to irk me. I used to like, I used to feel like that's a waste of talent, but, um, 
where I am now, I can respect that perspective. And that's not necessarily my desire, but there's room for all of us. And so for women out there who I don't want you to feel like you have to continue to stress and strive and strain or that you have to, you know, be some type of multimillionaire and then the perfect man's going to like all this striving and stressing and performance. If it feels like swimming upstream, it's because you're 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 operating too much out of your organic natural energy. That means you're a woman in the feminine and the feminine energy is meant to receive. Eve was presented in front of Adam. Okay. She didn't have to stress or strive or strain or nothing. The garden, they wasn't working until the curse came. The fruit was just on the trees. Like she just was receiving. Okay. And so there are a lot of us who are women who are in the modern day world, who are navigating territories and we're winning. Yay. Woohoo. I'm happy for us. I'm a product of it. Okay. But at the same time, um, I don't want us manifesting physical dis-ease in our bodies because we're operating, we're, we're getting too far away from the feminine. I don't want us to be suffering romantically because we're getting too far away from the feminine. And I also don't want you to feel like you got to be chained to a kitchen, you know, either, because that's not the case, right? So anyway, saying all that to say <laughs> that it's really important for us to get in touch with our bodies and with our sensuality and for women in the church, you know... There are so many ways I could take this conversation, but the bottom line is a lot of us in the church are not in touch with our sensuality. We're not in touch with sexy at all. We're not in touch with that side of our feminine energy at all. And there's many of us that will actually condemn other women or try to shut down the exploration of that within ourselves. And I think that that's a great mistake. And I think that there are men today who are very heavily in their mask and they are warriors, they are hunters, they fight, you know, they're going to go out there, they're going to they gonna work, they're going to get secured a bacon, they're going to bring a home and they want to experience Hawaii. So I had someone explain this to me before. The feminine energy is like Hawaii. The masculine energy is like, let's say, Times Square in New York. Okay. It's very laser focused. It's buttoned up. It's boxed. It's like Tupperware. We're in suits. We're walking through town. We're going somewhere. We're on the subway. You know, we're a laser. We're just, we're in it. Right. The feminine energy is typically like Hawaii. The ground is lush. Okay. I'm in a bikini. I'm totally relaxed. My toes are in the water. Okay. They look cute. I look cute. <laughs> If you take me from Hawaii in my bikini and drop me in the middle of Times Square, people might get car crashes and accidents because they're going to be like, what? The energy is different, right? Because you're in a relaxed state. You're in a, yeah, relaxed, very open. Think of a flower as very open state. And to the masculine energy, it's polarizing, but it's also very attractive. That's a note for another time. But, um... So yeah, when your warrior of a partner, of a spouse, of a husband gets done fighting all day, he wants to experience Hawaii, okay? And that is the beauty of the feminine energy. And I want us to to embrace that and to um, understand that it's not cooking and cleaning and it's an atmosphere, it's an energy, it's a presence. And... I can hear somebody right now saying, well, I'm working all day or I got my kids and I'm taking care of all this. And this is why getting in touch with your sensuality is so important. It's, if you're already married, you really need to, and you're not in touch with it, you really need to get in touch with it right now. Okay. So I, these different things that I'm going to share with you, I really want you to take it to heart because it's that important. 
And for those of you who are not married just yet, if you do not have the habit of these things, I really want to encourage you to establish the habit so that when you do transition into marriage, it's going to be easier for you to maintain this because your husband is going to need to see it from you. And it doesn't mean that your husband is doesn't have feminine energy. You know, we don't need I don't even want to be with a man that's 100 percent of his masculine all the time. I need to see some tears every now and again. I need to see you being emotional. I want to feel that love from you and I want to see that love from you. Okay. So again, this is not, you know, a hundred percent like this, a hundred percent like that. I'm just saying typically we lean towards one nature or the other. There are women who are more masculine in their energy and that's fine, you know, and maybe they marry a man that's a little bit more feminine in his energy, but he's a man. That's okay. That's not me. I'm a woman who is more in her feminine and I'm I'm always attracted to men that are heavily in their masculine and very masculine men are very attracted to me. Um, at least on our outward exterior in our inner world, you know, and when you actually get in the home, it might be different. But on the outward exterior, I'm, yeah, typically very masculine, like go getter men are like, ooh Sunday. <laughs> so and you're probably like that, too. But don't take it as like. You get it, right? I'm not saying to take 100% or 100% rule of thumb. Like, it bends. It's flexible, right? So I'm just kind of being general here. You get the picture. Okay, so being in touch with your sensuality. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Let me take a breath. 